Hello and welcome to Something to Declare. It's really lovely to have you all tuning back in with us again uh, for this episode today. David, hello, welcome. Nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. You doing all right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I am absolutely fine. Um, I was talking with my daughter uh, today, um, reflecting on the coronation, which was a little while ago now um i can't remember what how it came up but it did in the way that things do and uh, her observation was just there was a lot of men just and just where were the, where were the women and i mean she, admittedly i mean penny with the sword is what i would offer penny back. with the sword yes yeah. it's true but i mean she didn't sit down and watch the whole two hours um i mean like almost every induction service ever it could have been at least half an hour shorter right yeah. i mean that's just <laughs> There was no need for it to take that long. Um, but I thought, absolutely, that was the thought that I had. And I guess if you missed the couple of moments where there were uh, women doing things, there were lots of times where you just got a lot of older white men standing there in their regalia. Uh, and that was her primary takeaway from having and watched it. Um, but it just made me think about ordinations and inductions and all these sorts of things because they, they done half go on. Uh, quite a lot of the time we did one here recently that was an hour just over an hour and I was like yes you can do everything you need to do in a good induction in an hour and five minutes I absolutely stand by that Um, I went to one that was two and a half hours and with I mean and I I love I love an induction as much as the next person but crumbs that was hard work which is when after an hour and 45 minutes the preacher stands up and you're thinking surely surely not they're like or you're offering us five minute reflection towards the end of our time no oh no okay you're going for a full half an hour 35 minutes wow i mean thankfully the chairs were relatively comfortable in this particular church uh but oh horrendous <laughs> i um yeah i've 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 preached at inductions and then and i often think it's that bit isn't it that you're put in the bit where you can see the sign on the other side of the order of service that says please stay for refreshments and that's all everybody wants at that point yep. they don't yep. want to be there like they're kind of they're just thinking of the scones in the next room um so yeah you're competing with that in people's mental space that day i think especially if you're preaching because it's generally in the latter part of the service so you do have that um yeah you are the last it's you the last him and the food so everyone's done all the other bits it's so interesting because we structure it that way around so we do all of the like here is the minister here is the storytelling here is the the big act of induction and laying on of hands or whatever we might be doing and then we do a kind of commissioning preach don't we afterwards mm-hmm. or is in if you go to like often other traditions, so particularly thinking of kind of lots of the Anglican churches that you go to, it's the other way around. So you yes. have you have your your scripture and you have your your kind of this is the sermon that tells us what we're going to be doing in this act of induction, and then um, and then you have the act of induction, which is quite the nice thing about that is it. I think that kind of the the kind of um, the energy is different in the in the service so you kind of have this like you you haven't done the exciting bit and then the kind of <laughs> yes you know, the, the after sermon um but actually kind of a, a kind of the sermon kind of builds into teaching about why this act is about to happen and what's happening with this you know church making these vows to a minister making these vows and you know actually this kind of 
you know, it kind of leads to a much greater sense of kind of covenantal expectancy and kind of moment, I think, um, which I think is just a really interesting kind of difference. So it's one of the things I think about now when structuring them, if I'm in charge of structuring them in any way. I did my ordination that way around. Um, and my tutor from college who was preaching at the time asked questions about that because said none of the others we do are like this. I, said, mm. I just, I, I confess I wasn't thinking about the structure of that the pattern of worship or the theological implications of any of it i was just very conscious that i've got a lot of most of my family aren't in fact almost all my family aren't christians a lot of my friends were coming aren't christians and for them to stay engaged and vaguely paying attention once they've done the bit with me up the front and i've been ordained they're tuning out so yeah. it's going to be very dull for them the second half whereas i think for them it was easier to work towards that bit rather than getting that bit done early doors and then it's just we're waiting around till we can leave um so i think it worked quite well but so they're all but each induction is different of course but definitely they never need to be two and a half hours long amen <laughs> and tell everybody half the amount of time you want them to speak for that's also oh it. definitely yeah which works most of the time if you've got somebody who's really shy you might need to give them a bit more time but yeah yeah Oh, I think, yeah. you know, tell everybody, could you just speak for, for five minutes if you're expecting everybody to speak for 10? Or could you just speak for two minutes if you're expecting to speak for five? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have that as a standard thing in all settings, funerals, anything up the front. I say, no, you've got one side of A4. That's it. Oh, that's a nice way of putting it. One side of A4. Now, even if they do it size nine, whatever, there is a limit to how long that's going to go on for <laughs> if it's one side of A4 paper. Um, I mean, obviously, they then go off piece but if you don't give a limit and then they come with eight pages and then you know it just there's nothing you can do really yeah clear yeah. expectation yeah. I remember that at college one of my friends said that they put an end time on their meetings it's clear whenever they're expecting it to finish which I'd never come across in the churches I'd been in before and I took that instantly yeah. <laughs> and ever since this meeting is finishing at 10 o'clock very occasionally we'll drift over to five past if we can finish a big thing tonight and not have to come back to it next time but so yeah. helpful for everybody no it's it's so important i also do that with service times because um in okay. college like people have got lots of other things and lots of other commitments that they need yeah, to be yeah. they need to know what time something finishes so and i'm pretty i'm pretty ruthless so our chapel services are 45 minutes um okay on Tuesdays and fridays and um and particularly the Friday, because it leads into lots of other things. Um, I, you know, it is, it's 45 minutes. It's only 45 minutes. It's also, because that's actually the concentration span, actually, that people have. It's the end of a busy working day. It's, you know, they've got other essays to write. They've got lots of pressures on. And I, it's really important that actually, um, whilst we want to carve the space out, really do, and give people space to gather and worship and have have that time together i think i really also want to make sure that it's also boundaried and also if they can trust me to keep the time in the service then that forms trust for all sorts of other things then then they might be able to trust you with the content of the service they might be able to trust you with the pastoral thing that they need to bring you and actually because actually you you've told them it will finish at half past and it finishes at half past yeah, yeah. and i think um yeah because actually you know lots of other things you would expect to know how long a something was that you were going to like a football match or a play or something um yeah yeah really interesting and I, I think I've definitely in a different place with all of that now than when I started where I've been much more 
relaxed about things taking wildly different amounts of time and I would have had some sort of spiritual justification for all of that but really it was often just not putting the time into the planning um not that it's inappropriate to have a different perspective obviously but for me I've definitely found it helpful um for people to have uh clear expectations of what we're doing here and what it's about um I, I I think that's it isn't it it's about expectation if you're working particularly with people who are not yet faithed who are exploring who are kind of around in the community kind of belonging before believing all those things actually to to create that kind of these are this is what's expect you can expect to happen here um this is what we will do and this is what we won't Mm. do um and kind of these are some guidelines for turning both uncomfortable and all that kind of thing yeah it's helpful well talking of um uh, expectations and good communities um i uh, was delighted and i expected to be delighted um to uh, appreciate and enjoy chatting with uh, fred omuchekwa who is our guest on the podcast this week fred now at haringey uh united baptist church hang on have i got that right way around no haringey united church baptist it's that way around um i always get that wrong haringey united church baptist sounds like a football team doesn't it it does it does well i i definitely cheer them on i've had the privilege of preaching there and indeed of being at fred's induction where it's the only church service i've ever been to where i got a parking ticket uh during the service uh, out <laughs> on the road um and uh five minutes earlier i was i was there as the guy was putting the ticket on the car i thought i'd wow. read all these plethora of instructions and limits and turns out there was a little bit right at the top that said except on this day at this time or something which I hadn't seen so it, I, I was banged to rights but anyway it was great to chat with Fred and um before Fred went to take up the post at um HUCB um he was a member with us for a little while at Shoebury so I got to know Fred well and really appreciated him and his ministry so uh, let's have a listen in to our chat with Fred today Well, Fred, welcome to uh, the Something to Declare podcast. It's lovely to have you joining us. Thank you, David, for inviting me. It's a joy to be with you today. Um, now Fred, I'm really pleased to have the chance to catch up with you uh, as well as getting an interview sorted for our podcast um, today. Um, and you are uh, at the moment the minister at Haringey United Church Baptist um uh, tell us what is encouraging you in ministry at the moment um with the folks at hucb uh, david i i feel you know when god says there is a prepared place for us i feel that haringey united church baptist hucb is the culmination of everything god wanted to do with this vessel and so I feel that I've come to my worldly place. I feel that like it's a prepared place for me because ministry seems to be so simple. And it's not that I'm not doing the work, but <laughs> you're doing something it's like, should I be doing more or what, what's going on? It, it's just the support of the leadership, of the church members, of the community around. It's been so great. 
you know, it's like, you know, you're selling on an even kill. Uh, and uh, oh, by the grace of God, it continues like that. But that's how it feels at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm really settled into the ministry and everything uh, is going very well by his grace. That's what oh. I'm saying. I'm so pleased to hear that. It's lovely to know when uh, ministry is, is working out like that. Um, I've had the privilege of, of preaching at your invitation um, uh, with the good folks there. And uh, I was really struck by what a warm and hospitable church um, it is. And also um, uh, just the, the commitment and dedication to, to taking worship seriously. Absolutely. And uh, it was a real joy uh, to worship there. And you guys have got quite a, you know, you've been, putting stuff out online and still doing that. And you get quite a lot of engagement, I think, with stuff online. Is that right? We do because of COVID, some of our people are, are still not out yet. They're not on site. And okay. so every week we do um, get on YouTube and Zoom. So we try to get it out there and so that they get fully involved in all the activities. But nothing beats being on site. You, know, mm -hmm. you can feel the vibes, the joy of the community coming together the joy of you know loving one another is is, is great for me and uh, and we're trying to tease people back those who can are coming back and those who are not hey we're still engaging with them online yeah so it, it is a good place in my opinion yes yeah and so what are your um sort of priorities what are you what are you working on at the moment what are you um asking god to do amongst you there is a spiritual awakening to an extent in the sense of how people are taking the things of God deeper now. Okay. And then I'm loving that. And that's an area really I want to flow. Uh, you, know, you know, that we, we, his way is unsearchable. And so together, let, let's see what, how far we can get. And so I see the joy, I see the commitment, and, and I see people doing the best they can in order to engage with God and also to engage with one another. And so that, that is the joy that I see then and it's propelling me to push, continue to push. And also in one way or the other, reaching our community as well, because our, our premises is being used by the community and it gives me joy that that is being done. Yes. I was going to ask about that because where you are, you're sort of right in a big sort of high street area, aren't you? There's lots yes, of um, hubbub around all the time, lots of energy. Yeah. Um, uh, and how, how do you find that? Is that, um, yes, yeah, so you say you have different groups coming in and using the building. Do you find yes. it easy to engage with the community? Are they keen to engage with you or is it more of a challenge? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a challenge. It is a challenge to understand, but at the same time it's not because they are coming into our, um, into our church. Um, one of the members is a proprietor of a nursery school and okay. you know, using our premises. So with that, we have interaction with people coming to use the, uh, the church or use the facilities that have been provided for them. But we also have a local community that meets uh, in our premises on a monthly basis, sometimes more than two or three times a month. We've got the police sometimes use our community. They cancel know us or we are well known to them you know that kind of things and to the point that during the last christmas uh the mayor and the leader of the council the, the council asked us 
to provide the um, uh, outside activities, you know, singing songs, you know, um, during Christmas time for them, the carols and things like that. And we're happy to do that. But we think this year we're going to be even bigger. You know, uh, we bought stuff and uh, we, we just want to continue to engage in that way. And, and the, one of the bits that I love so much is that every month, um, every Christmas, I'm given a five minute slot. You know, when the, the families or um, the moms and dads who use the premises if, because of this nursery come to do an activity. And then I'm giving us the whole place is full up. And then I'm giving five minutes to speak to them about Christ. That's one of the joyful moments of my <laughs> of the year for me that I'm able to share with them briefly and, and just tell them why we celebrate Christmas and what we're all about. Yeah. So I, I like that engagement to continue with the community and then continue to get to know them and continue to know the businesses around here because it's mostly a Turkish community. Um, okay. most of the, yeah, most of the restaurants around here are, are, are run by Turkish families. And so, I'm also a Turkish bank next to the building. And um, so when the earthquake hit, it, it touched us. And so the church was able to make some donations by members and the church in general. And then we went and then gave it to the Turkish bank next to us uh, to decide the best place where it can go. And so, and they were really pleased with us. You know? So we wanted to show some kind of solidarity or support um, to them in their difficult time. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good I, opportunity. I can't talk all and all about that. I, I, <laughs> the engagement where possible, yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love that. Um, now, you are, as well as leading the church um, uh, there, uh, I think you've been involved with helping um, some other churches around you as well uh, in, in recent times as, uh, as moderator of, of those churches. Is that right? Um, tell us what that's been like and what that's involved. Yeah, I mean, three months on, after taking up the pastorate of um, Haringey United Church Baptist, I was stood uh, by the Drixit minister. And also the regional minister, uh, they felt that I would be the person to do this moderating role. So we have two churches that are very close to one another. I think in bus stop distance from one another. It's gone through from each other, more like. And of course, you know, ministry in London is the numbers dropping with the, the early being called to heaven and things like that. And so we've got a few here and a few there. They're already working together. But it's a question of how do we engage them? How do we engage them? How do we get them involved maybe to form a church and where they have a wider voice and a, a better uh, you know, strength to do what they want to do. And so that is what I'm trying to do. So nudge them, encourage them prayerfully and to bring them together to see if they too can come together call a minister because they, are, they don't have any minister at the moment but I, I'm there primarily to support them in prayers if they want a, a minister or they, they're in a difficult situation to help them because I have three other preachers who can help me here so while I'm here I can quickly send someone to go and help them uh, the following week or something like that so that is what that work involves 
And in April, I'm meeting with each of the churches separately, encourage them to meet together, to speak to one another, and then I'll come into there to have cement whatever decision they come to. Uh, but on their own, I'm happy to support them, but I think they will make a better impact if the two come together uh, to be one church in order to, so that the witness in that area remains. But if not, um, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, it's great that uh, your church is willing to release you to, to help them and willing to share its resources um, to help those other churches as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they, they're happy that their minister is getting involved with the community and one way or the other, either helping the churches or perhaps liaison with the local uh, partnerships around here. So it's a great thing. Uh, and I'm happy to, to be part of that. Yeah. yeah and great to plug into wider Baptist life um, in that way um, as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, does help it? I've, this might not be true, so that's okay. Um, whenever I've helped another church with something, which has always been a joy and a privilege, hmm. it has also made me really glad when I've come back here. <laughs> Just to say, I'm so glad, Lord, I've been called here. Not, um, uh, d- does that have the same impact on you? It does. It, yeah. does. it does. I mean, this is my church. This is the way I've been called to serve. Uh, and and for them to enthusiastically release me and to see there is something that I can offer is a joy for me. And so, and long may that continue that we will, from here, we can springboard to support other churches because it's not only about us, it's about his kingdom. And uh, we are called to reach out and that, that's what we're doing. Um, actually, it's always a joy when some of the preachers come live from here to go and support them and give me a feedback of how they helped and what the joy or the the you know how they felt about it um, i've always enjoyed that that experience yes yeah that's great um fred tell me about your calling into baptist ministry where where, where did that start for you and <laughs> david are you sure what have you been all day for this because <laughs> <laughs> you had another good. career before ministry didn't you so but, Oh, yes. And I've always, um, um, I work for bigger uh, accountancy firms, uh, price of that's good, that's good, precise. And, but in between that, the call came in different uh, ways for me because um, I lost my father when I was about six years old during the Biafran War. And so I was basically, I had a surrogate father's. And so my uncle, when I was in Nigeria, uh, took me to a Baptist church. I didn't know what that meant up, up until recently, that the steps of the righteous really are ordered by the Lord, how God orders us, you know. So when I came to this country, it was like a young man came at the age of 22. And so freedom to do my stuff, I departed from the faith. Didn't want to know. But eventually in his mercy, when he decided to call me back and things like that. So um, my family and I at the time were worshiping, at, worshiping in a, um, a Pentecostal uh, church, not Baptist. And, but when we f- felt it was time to leave, we knew this drummer who played in different churches because 
London is big, as you know, many churches, no one to play the uh, musical instruments. So he played in different churches. And we asked him, where, what, what churches are happening around? Where, where, do, where do you recommend? And he says, if you go to this church, you know, it, look, it looks okay. So we decided to check out that church uh, as part of the list we have of churches to check out. But David, something happened. The week we're just about to go, in a dream, I was shown this church, the location. I was shown the interior of the church. I was shown the minister. I was shown everything in a dream. The minister of the church at the time was a white uh, clergy. So when we got to the place, David, everything I was shown was as uh, I saw was as, as was as real as, as everything. The only Aye. difference was that the minister now is a black man. But everything was there. And it was there that I encountered God. And it was there that I became morose through the ranks, a deacon and an elder, a pastor in a team ministry. From there, I went to Spurgeon's, I started a church plant, and then into mainstream ministry. So that, that's really a short version of the call. Yeah. But one thing remarkable that I, also happened to me is in the church before we left, the, the Pentecostal church I talked about, I asked the minister, I said, how do I know where God wants to use me? He says, pray. I said, I thought you could tell me where I should serve. <laughs> no, go, go, to the, go to the manufacturer and ask him to show you. David, throughout that week, I fasted and I prayed. Nothing happened on Monday. That was on a Sunday. Nothing happened on the Tuesday. Nothing happened on the Wednesday. But on the Thursday, again in a dream, I was shown like where we have battalion of soldiers, but this is a group of battalion of people. And I was given uh, a staff, a rod, to look after that particular group. Massive number of people. And the funny thing, if anybody left from my back, although I wasn't, I'm not facing the back, I'm able to at locate where they are and call them back. And it was then and other pronouncements and prophecies given me and the things also I saw were the things uh, that made me know that I've been called into pastoral ministry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pastoral ministry, I feel I've been called to and, and I enjoy working with people. I, I've seen that for firsthand, your real gift at w getting alongside people, encouraging people. Um, and that's such a blessing. Um, and uh, when you were a member of that church for a little while as well, just saw that so clearly, you had a real gift for just encouraging people along, helping people who were new, feel at home. It's uh, a real, a real gift. David, it was a joy. I, mean, as, I keep saying SCTBC, Shubri and Tobey Baptist Church remains my, you know, my church, you know, uh, my sending church. And they said, I enjoyed being, being there. I enjoyed working with the people. I enjoyed coming alongside people. And I also enjoyed the opportunity you gave me. 
in order to continue sharpening the skills and the, all the things involved. So, yes, good oh, memory. That, that yeah. was always a, a blessing. Um, I don't know if you remember, um, you preached here for a service that was um, ended up being the anniversary of me being here 10 years. Absolutely, yeah. I remember it. And it wasn't planned when I originally asked you to do that day because of that, but it, it was such a blessing. And so many of the things that you preached that day are, are cemented in my mind. Um, I remember hearing the Bible reading and I thought, oh, okay, I wonder what this is going to be about, you know, and <laughs> it was just such a blessing. And um, in fact, I think we've clipped, there's like a sentence from that sermon or a paragraph from that sermon that's at the beginning of our sort of vision video that we're using at the moment, our film um because it really struck struck home with people so uh, yeah and the church are very excited that you're coming back to to preach later in the year as well i am excited to come and be with them what you didn't realize what what they were planning before in the no. background yeah no no idea <laughs> they told but, me, oh you knew, you knew you knew i knew i knew <laughs> uh, you know so that was why that was something i can't remember now something they told me to do but i felt a bit somehow david will eventually find out but that was in the past, you know, it, yeah. was, it was good. It was good. It was a good anniversary as well. You know, yeah. For you. yeah. That was great. Um, so Fred, everyone who comes onto the podcast, we ask them a couple of questions, mm. um, the same guest questions to all our guests. So I'd like to ask those to you if that's okay. Sure. Um, the first is, if you had one thing to declare to the Baptist Union right now, what would that be? I think we engage in mission, and, and I love that, that we are still one of the denominations that engage in mission with um, other denominations in reaching the people uh, of the whole world. I like that. And also support to local ministries. We recently had a, a, a um, um, minister's meeting, um, conference, the yearly conference and where the team leader of London Baptist was telling us about the church planting efforts that they want to get involved, you know, where churches are closed, what they're doing in order to um, basically get mission going in those areas of London. And I was encouraged by what the regional minister said. And um, so the fact that we are not only looking outward, that we are also looking inward is a good thing for me. And the yeah. support to local churches, uh, so that they can continue to do what they are being called to do. Because when all is said and done, that is what we're supposed to be doing, you know, reaching out, being witnesses of Jesus. Yeah. And if you think Baptists have one thing to declare to the world right now, yeah. what would that be? It, it would be, um, what would I say? Is that we are, we are out we're engaging with the powers that be as well from the top leadership. Our voice is being heard in Downing Street and in other places. So Baptists have a place at the table. I think it's good that our views are heard um, as, a denom as a denomination. Yeah. yeah. The, the right. Our leaders will continue in that effort to make us relevant to the world that we live in, yes. Brilliant. Well, 
Fred, thank you for coming and sharing with me a bit today as part of the podcast. It's been lovely to catch up with you and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely, David. Uh, we, we're looking forward, my wife and I were looking forward to coming to SCTBC uh, to catch up with you guys as well. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Good stuff. You take care now. That was uh, a little chat with uh, my friend Fred. Um, where do you want to start? Oh, so we, you know, we're kind of talking about induction. So I, I kind of wanted to pick up on a, the way he spoke the whole way through about sense of kind of prepared plays and kind of what God had was inviting him into. And it was just the everything he said seemed to have that theme running through that God, God was God was the one in charge right um god was god was god was and then god was inviting him in and i think that was so um i was just restruck by that the whole way through the uh conversation he's clearly somebody who's so gentle and calm and like you can hear the way he reflects um uh and so it's just really interesting hearing him that peacefulness really with where he was and what he was doing because he just kind of had to say yes to what god was doing and i I just thought it was really interesting and, and a very helpful thing to kind of recognise. made me think a bit for myself as well when I was listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. It really is a strong sense of, of connection um, there. And I, I loved hearing about how um, intentional the church is in building the connections with the community. I mean, they're right kind of on a high street um, a busy busy road but how proactive they are in he talked about the police the council the opportunities that come through at Christmas and I was particularly struck by the connections that they had with the Turkish community in their area and uh, working donations with the earthquake and and just the way the church was very much embedded in the community uh, and the way in which that was enabling them to build relationships share and talk and and build from there absolutely and i mean he talked about the privilege of the five minute slot yes um, at the um in the toddler kind of groups for, for christmas as well and i think that for me is sort of you know really suggested how much the community trusted him to come and bring that like they wouldn't invite you to come and bring a christmas a christmas message if they didn't think you, you, you wouldn't do it well right and wouldn't do it carefully and so that kind of the kind of trust that he clearly built in in mm. those church relationships and the church had clearly built over time as well so yeah that was really lovely I don't know how you find it I find preparing for speaking uh for a shorter time can take as much preparation as share as sharing for a longer time um as well because there's you have to think more about what you're going to use that time to do and so if you're at a civic event an ecumenical event and you're giving five ten minutes to speak that would take me as long to prepare as having three times that time where you essentially don't have to edit in the same way um and think things through so I, I, where every word counts because in the cathedral you've got six minutes or whatever it is yep. because the acoustics won't allow you to go off on flights you have to very much think about how you're speaking and those opportunities with the nursery and in the civic events where you've just got a couple of minutes really have to think about how you're going to use that time uh, if you want it to count and um, if you're going to connect with the people who are there. Mm, 
Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, I've got. I've sent some uh, notes for preaching somewhere else recently, and I loved it. it was like. If, if you give us this amount, <laughs> we'll probably ask you to stand up and say something else. If you give us this amount, that's about right. If you go, um, the, the upper limit of all right is this. And if you go over that, we'll get out to Claxon. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Like, I really love this. Like, it was really clear, like, kind of in terms of, like, there's a sweet spot. And the sweet spot is a little bit broad, but, you know, like, it's not, yeah. it's not absolutely set, but... But but kind of no. If you go under this, that's not really enough. And if you go over that, that's, that's too much now. And yeah. I thought um, it was really helpful. It's a really helpful piece of feed, like like feedback, briefing notes. That's more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like no, it is yeah, helpful. You're going, especially if you've not preached somewhere before, or you're not going. Yes. Or the fact that they, the the person you know I was going to go, going to go and preach for had actually taken the time and the care to really um say that have been really helpful for me because I was like okay and then like there was stuff about the context and you know the community that would be preaching to and all of that kind of thing and I just thought oh this is a fabulous document I you know try and send stuff out with our college things occasionally um when people come preach for us kind of saying what's this what's college like you know what do you what do you need to do what would we be expecting um but but it's really and it's really hard to describe your own community, isn't it? Because <laughs> you're is like hard. my it normal, but yeah. um, kind of trying to explain it to somebody else who might not have it as theirs. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a it was a bit of a I I I've gone and I was like, what what of these phrases can I borrow? <laughs> you know, yeah. what can I now steal from mine to improve mine? That was it was really good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When we send out stuff here for other people to come and speak, we we would talk about normally this is how long we might speak um but as a guest you can probably get away with an extra few minutes because you're new I couldn't get away with an extra few minutes because they hear me speak more often um and yeah trying to explain the context of it really really matters I think I mean I have I've had the privilege of preaching at Fred's invitation at um at Haringey United Church Baptist um and they're fabulously warm and welcome it's the only place where I've been to preach where I was given um, a bag of uh, food and uh, things to drink for my journey home uh, it was just the best I got sort of a goodie bag to take away with me and I absolutely loved it <laughs> because the journey home was like a, is an hour hour and a half whatever it is and uh, oh yeah there was a bit of cake and yeah yeah it was absolutely fantastic and and I know they've done that for others as well so definitely want to adopt that as a practice I think that's just such a nice thing to do that is lovely. That's yeah. really lovely. Yeah, um, and, uh, sorry, come. No, no. No, I was just saying, Fred spoke about moderating as well and being involved with these other churches and helping them have a, a kingdom focus and the way in which his church uh, is helping resource and support those other churches with preachers and other things as well. And I thought yeah. it was a really good example of working together and supporting one another. And if your church is blessed to have lots of people who can do this and there's a church here that hasn't, here's an opportunity to both make use of the gifts and skills, which helps those people um, live out their calling, but also helps and blesses the other church. And I think, um, you know, it really came through in his, one of his closing um, comments, you know, about what, what, what he would declare to the union and actually talked about mission and ministry yep. didn't he in that and I think um 
that that was you know this resourcing this being so so key um for the in the local church um and that kind of being the national gift to the local and and the way he kind of really picked up on that i thought was a such an interesting answer yeah absolutely and i think there's there's lots lots in that lots in all the things that fred shared with us really um it was just it's just someone is a real joy to talk with i always feel better after i've spent time with fred he's just one of those people you sense he would just be a really kind pastor don't you i think absolutely if fred was my pastor yeah yeah absolutely i'd be so happy and that is i don't know how whether this is true for you i do find the longer i do this the fussier i find i would be about whose church i could be in and i know that at some point that's not going to be entirely up to me and um god will perhaps choose to challenge me in that way um but i would love it if fred was my minister yeah i am um, i just didn't know my husband these days mostly. <laughs> <laughs> i think having yeah uh I, i'm not sure that's always a gift to him but uh <laughs> but i can tell you i really struggle with it actually it's Mm. because you think oh i wouldn't do like that and i'd do like this and it's really hard not to think in that kind of how you would do it way and you have to learn to settle to being back in a congregation yeah well without wishing to give away more than we would want to give away we might return to um having other ministers in our congregations next week in our final episode of season five so i'm going to leave that dangling in the air for everybody i'm not going to say any more about it um but we've not tried like a teaser before so we'll see if that makes any difference to anything Uh, but let's finish with a blessing uh, today life-giving god you hold the universe in all its vastness and breathe life into every living creature And so may we be blessed with the strength for the tasks which you are calling us to and the wisdom to lay down those you are not. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. We look forward to being with you next time. See you soon.